You are listening to the Vita Foods Insights podcast. Join us as we explore the key issues and emerging trends affecting the global health and nutrition industry, helping businesses make informed decisions and drive change. Hello and welcome to the Vita Foods Inside podcast. I'm Charlotte Bastianza, joined by Troy Norcross, CEO and co-founder of Blockchain Rookies. Troy, thank you very much for joining us. Hi, Charlotte. Good morning. Great to be here. We're talking today about blockchain and how this technology fits into the wider sustainability and transparency needs of the health and nutrition industry. Um, this trend is very much driven by consumers and suppliers across the world, uh, demanding the ability to know exactly where their products and ingredients come from. As a prospective transparency solution, blockchain, I think, is still very much a word being thrown into the air, but there's not really an understanding as to what the technology is. Can you explain to those who might not know what it is and how industry experts see this technology being implemented? Yeah, absolutely. And and it's really, really a a great place to start. Um, One of the first things that I do when I talk to people is I help them to understand that Bitcoin, which is where actually blockchain got started, is separate from blockchain. Um, the, the analysis or the analogy I give is that all email runs on the internet, but the internet runs a lot more than just email. And all cryptocurrencies run on the blockchain, but the blockchain runs more than just cryptocurrencies. And once I've kind of made that kind of separation, they're like, okay, so what is blockchain? And the example I give is think of it like an Excel sheet. And if you have an Excel sheet and every row in the Excel sheet is a transaction, it has a transaction ID, it has a timestamp, it has an origin, a destination, and a units of value transferred. It's an entry in a ledger. And a group of rows, a group of transactions, is called a block. Now in Excel, there's this concept of protected cells, meaning that I put a password on those cells, meaning I can't change or edit them anymore, but I can still see them. I'm now gonna pick another group of transactions and create another block, and just before Before I password protect the second block, I'm going to include in the second block the password from the first block, creating a chain of blocks. Now, I'm going to take that Excel sheet, I'm going to distribute it across thousands of people. So, and distributed is a key function of blockchain. I've got lots and lots of people that have the same copy of, the same version of that Excel sheet. And if I want to add a new transaction or add a new block, Anybody on the network can do that. So it's not a single person that actually writes to the Excel sheet and updates everybody's copy. Anybody can add a new block to it. Only one person at a time, but anybody can add. And that's the function we call decentralized. So if it's unchangeable, meaning it's password protected, it's immutable. It's distributed. Lots and lots of people have the same copy. And it's decentralized. Anybody can actually add content to the blockchain. Then we wonder about, okay, well, what if there's an error in one of somebody's copy? Or what if somebody's really clever and they hack one of their copies and they give themselves more Bitcoin than they're supposed to have? Well, it turns out that everyone else will look at their copy and say, you know what? These two people, their copy don't match my copy. And if they don't match, then they are excluded from the consensus about whether a transaction is valid or not. The last thing I talk about in the Excel example is something called macros little programs that run on the contents of the Excel sheet. Some blockchains, not all blockchains, have smart contracts. And smart contracts are nothing more than little pieces of code that run on the contents of the blockchain. 
So if you think about blockchain as being nothing more than an Excel sheet with rows of transactions grouped as blocks that are password protected, and the same Excel sheet is shared with thousands and thousands of people to make sure that people don't try to fiddle with or change or make errors in their own individual personal copies, that's what blockchain is. And that, that's the foundation. How's that for an example? That's fantastic. Thank you, Choi. I think that will give everyone a pretty good overview of what blockchain is. Do you see that as quite a sustainable um, solution in terms of transparency in the health and nutrition industry? Yeah, so transparency is, is one of those things that's really interesting, and it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Um, in the Bitcoin blockchain, it's a public blockchain, meaning that all the transactions are visible and accessible to anybody. And yeah. we say that every transaction has a, a wallet from and a wallet to, but those are identifiers, they're not identities. Meaning I can see a number and see another number, but I don't see Troy and I don't see Charlotte. So identifiers, but not identities. But even that level of transparency for some companies is too much. They don't want all the details of their commercial arrangements. They don't want all the details of their supply chain to be made public and to be made available. And so you have to design blockchains in such a way that there's some things that are transparent and there are some things that are only transparent to people that are part of an existing transaction. So that's, that's the first thing I'll say. But the second thing is uh, we talk about provenance and that's really what you're talking about is where do the actual foods come from? Where are the actual fields? How are they harvested? How are they processed? How are they transported? And the provenance, the supply chain provenance. And customers really want to be able to see the provenance of what they're actually going to be taking, especially in the health and nutrition space. And blockchain is absolutely well suited to be able to provide those kinds of records. So a consumer could walk into a shop and see a, a bottle on a shelf and take a picture of a QR code on that bottle with their mobile phone and see every last detail about that particular product right down to the plant that it came from, in what field it came from, and who picked it. Fantastic. Great to hear that. And I think that is what most companies are moving towards. However, I think a concern that some of the companies have is that blockchain requires quite a lot of energy, which might not do favors for sustainability claims. Are there newer and more efficient solutions? Uh, it's absolutely the right question. And the answer is yes. So the Bitcoin blockchain, uh, I talked a minute ago that we all have to come to an agreement. We all have to come to consensus on what is the correct version of the blockchain? What's the correct version of the Excel sheet? And then part of that process is something called proof of work when we talk about the Bitcoin blockchain. And it involves a huge amount of computer power on each individual computer to be able to do that. But we recognized as a community, as a blockchain community, that that wasn't sustainable in the long run. So there are new consensus protocols, new consensus mechanisms called proof of stake or delegated proof of stake or proof of authority. These are just as secure, but do not consume huge amounts of energy. So if you think about blockchain having, there's not just a blockchain or not just the blockchain, it's blockchain technology, which is the whole family or different flavors of blockchain. Some of them use huge amounts of energy, but not all of them. So we are indeed finding ones that are much more suited for low energy use, we're finding others that are better suited for high performance and for better scalability and addressing many of the kind of the um, enterprise questions or enterprise concerns about implementing blockchain. Okay, great. So there's quite a variety then when it comes to different types of solutions. So they'd be suitable for companies of different sizes and their different needs, right? It, it is and it isn't. So the, that kind of gets into one of the, the trickier bits. 
people kind of think you know, in traditional way, I'm going to buy a solution for my company and I'm going to use it for my company. But that's not the way blockchain works in its best form. Blockchain works across companies. So we say that blockchain is a platform for co-opetition. It's a platform where you can cooperate with your competition. And you need multiple companies working together on a blockchain. So one of the most common ones that we talk about, one of the biggest success stories, is the IBM Food Trust, which was done with IBM in partnership yeah. with Walmart. And they have provided food safety across their supply chain by using the IBM Food Trust. But in the end, it was just Walmart. Why not just use a database? Then we figured out that it wasn't just Walmart. It was Tyson here in the UK, Carrefour uh, in Europe, in Carrefour, um, now Unilever, and then their biggest competitor, Kroger. So suddenly everybody is benefiting from this one particular blockchain platform on supply chain and supply chain transparency and for food safety. So it is something that anybody can participate in but it's, and you can have varying levels of commitment into consortia, into industry associations, into whatever. Um, but it's not like, okay, I'm going to buy a cheap blockchain versus buying an expensive blockchain, and I'm just going to use it for my own company. Because if you're only using it for yourself, you may as well just use a database. Because by default, yeah. you're centralized. So, great. So, it's quite, so this technology would actually promote a lot of collaboration across the, the entire industry. Yes, absolutely. Um, one of the other things that we talked about before we went on air uh, today was you know, what else is going to be required to make all of this happen. So blockchain isn't, yeah. isn't a, a, kind of a total solution all by itself. There's a whole lot of other stuff that has to happen at the same time. And this gets wrapped into this big, kind of bigger project called digital transformation. How do you move from existing paper-based kind of record-keeping like out in the fields in Colombia, you know, how do you actually move from paper-based records of how much was harvested and how much went on a truck and how much went to the distribution center to digital? How do you allow people with simple feature phones, not even smartphones, to be able to create entries and have those entries recorded and stored on a blockchain securely? So there's a digital transformation process that has to come along, and then you can store all of that on a blockchain. And who are the multiple players? Well, I've got the growers, and I've got the distributors, and I've got the transport people, the logistics people, I've got the processors, I've got the bottlers, and I've got everybody is a different company, but they can all write their data into one blockchain if they have brought their own companies up to where they're fully digital and not relying on paper. So that's, that's the step before the step. So moving on from that, do you see blockchain improving efficiency and reducing waste through this whole paperless process? Yeah, it, it absolutely will. We're seeing a lot of additional efficiencies by putting transparency in. The converse is transparency isn't always profitable. So here, here's the example that I give. If I have a field of organic cotton and I harvest my cotton and I turn it into bales of cotton, and I send five bales of cotton to a fabric manufacturer that then produces a thousand meters of organic cotton fabric. I record each of those transactions on the blockchain and everybody can see. But if suddenly the, the company sends 2,000 meters of fabric, but they only had enough cotton to make a thousand meters, maybe it's not all organic cotton. Or if they only send 500 meters, then what happened to the other 500 meters worth of cotton? Did it get sold in the black market? Did it wind up as waste? You know, what happened to that? So adding transparency into the supply chain will indeed improve efficiency by eliminating not just waste, but also theft 
and fraud. Uh, the second thing we're finding is that it's being used very effectively for anti-counterfeiting, to anti-counterfeiting for medications in the pharmaceutical industry, anti-counterfeiting for luxury goods like watches and, and handbags. So we're registering all of the real, true, authentic products on a blockchain, including person-to-person -person sale of those products. And it's, it's working in a very interesting uh, and, and very effective way. And the last thing, uh, we're taking waste out of the supply chain in unused shipping capacity. So it could be that you have a whole bunch of containers that were being moved either on a truck or even on a ship that were empty because they didn't get sold in time. But if all that unused capacity is suddenly made available on a blockchain and put available in a marketplace, we can actually do more efficient use of our existing resources for transportation, um, as well as across the rest of the supply chain. I, I think the possibilities are really strong, really interesting. Yeah, does sound that way. Well, I suppose then that would sort of beg the question, if we were to go ahead and implement this technology across the sector, would you say that the industry is well positioned with regards to the technolo technological requirements of blockchain, or do we still have a bit of a way to go? The first thing is the digital transformation bit. So when you move from paper to digital, then the existing blockchains that are available today are indeed well suited. Um, I still think that there are a number of really interesting advancements coming in blockchain technology in the next 12, you know, next 12 to 24 months, but also in the next three to five years. And it's not gonna be the kind of thing that you should wait because the stuff that's available today will indeed bring real incremental business value today, but it will be improved over time. And so that's kind of where I think the, the, the future is going. I think that the health and nutrition space can benefit hugely as an industry and as an ecosystem by providing good evidence for uh, transparency, for provenance, uh, for reliability, for anti-counterfeiting. I think all of those are, are real easy, kind of easy wins. And you don't have to start with all of them in the first instance. You can start with just one or two of those projects. Prove that your customers trust you more. Prove that it actually differentiates your industry from others and, and really generate overall value for everybody. Great. Well, Troy, thank you. I think you've given us a lot to think about, but I think one of the pressing questions that everyone will ask is how much does it cost to implement a technology like this? Yeah, so um, when I do consulting with individual enterprises, we can start with really simple projects that are proof of concept projects, you know, in the, the five to 10,000 kind of price, uh, price point, and I'm talking in pounds sterling, that will kind of get people out the door and say, okay, now we understand a bit more what the technology is and how to integrate that with our existing internal systems, with our existing legacy systems. And that's kind of the, the, the entry point. But then building larger systems are done with consortia. And then it matters how much are you gonna participate in that overall consortia? How much are you going to add value into that and what's your cost contribution going to be? It all depends on how big of a player you're going to be. And uh, in blockchains, we talk about value creation or contribution and value extraction. So it all depends how much value are you putting into the system and how much are you expecting to get out? It could be a nice balance or it could be a little more one-sided. Super. Thanks, Troy. Thank you very much for giving us such a comprehensive outline about blockchain and how it fits into the wider sustainability and transparency needs. Great to yeah, see where we're headed, and hopefully this is something we look to implement in the coming years. It's been really, really great to have a conversation with you this morning, and I look forward maybe to seeing you in Geneva. Absolutely. Look forward to hearing from you. I think a lot of our speakers will be joining your session, as this is definitely an area of interest across the industry. So we look forward to it.
Yeah, and if you'd like to kind of uh, hear more, you can reach me on Twitter on at Troy underscore Norcross or Blockchain Rookies at BlockchainRookies.com or on Twitter on uh, at I Get Blockchain.